0: Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? Welcome to the drawing room, a space for Australia's best conversations. I'm Andy Park. Emerging out of the Austin indie rock scene in the early 1990s, Texas band Spoon have gone on to craft a body of work, the envy of their contemporaries, breathing in and out to the rhythm of 10 studio albums. The band was in the middle of recording their latest album when the first wave of COVID hit in the US and everything went on hold. But fortunately, the band were able to get back into the studio and finish things off and Lucifer on the Sofa is about to hit the stores. But before it does, Britt Daniel, the band's frontman, is my guest here in the drawing room. Welcome, Britt. Hey, Andy. Good to talk to you. Was the pause in your studio time due to COVID a good thing because it gave you more time to play around with your new songs, or a bad thing because it gave you more time to play around with your new songs?
1: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes that can be the challenge, right, is knowing when to stop. Um, At the time, it did not feel like good fortune. Uh, I was very eager to get get a, a record done. But, I, you know, it did end up being a good thing for this album. I came up with some of the best songs on on the record, including Wild during that that bit. And uh, then we had to kick some of the old songs off the record. And you've talked about wanting to return to the feel of a live
0: band in a room with this album. And I right. suppose it's true that you once you reach a certain level of success, it can be quite hard to capture that raw... Um, almost nervous energy like it was when you first started. So how does it feel this time around compared to, I suppose, the first time around?
1: Well, when we first started out, we didn't know what we were doing, and we weren't very good. (laughs) And the only record that we put out that I'm not super jazzed on is that first one. Uh, But there were some similarities. Like, For instance, the, the last record we made, Hot Thoughts, was um, very much a piece to together together record. Um, we were kind of writing the songs as we were recording them It feels produced and a lot of synthesizers and keyboards and this one was done a lot more like uh, those first few you know where we actually hash out the songs as a band and get into what you know the combination of different people bring to the development of a song and Uh, yeah, just kind of went with the sound of the band playing in the room and figured all those things out before we hit the record button.
0: I mean, everyone has their own process, right? It's a bit like a, it's a spectrum, you know, it goes from the extremely kind of organized and uh, process-driven right through to complete spontaneity. Where do you sort of fit in that spectrum um, when you go into the studio, or is it just let's play around with someone else's equipment and see what happens?
1: Um, This time was, was a little more known. Uh, the last one was was figuring it out in that studio, but this time, yeah, we we wanted to, you know, every part that you played and every part you recorded needed to have a purpose and be doing something, you know, as opposed to lots of times the way that people record records these days is you you put down some basic tracks and then you just do throw down a thousand different overdubs, and you can do the same guitar overdub. Uh, a, a thousand times, and and you know you can save all those takes. It just means you're going to have to go listen to them later and decide what you want to do.
0: See that to my mind, that sounds like much more more work. You've got yeah. all that archive to look for. You've got more. I don't know, paint uh, to, to 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 use on, on the palette, so to speak.
1: It feels comfortable in the moment because you know you're saving all of those takes, and you can do anything with them. You're not losing anything, right? But in in effect, it does stretch things out. It just delays the. Decision making process, and if you make those decisions as you go, then you kind of know where you stand a lot better.
0: What's the moment like for you when you know a song is working or maybe not working? I mean, what's that quote from Gaz Coombs from Supergrass about when you know that moment if it's going the right direction or not?
1: Yeah, I think I know what quote you're talking about, like the one where he says, If, um, if people come in to hear where you're at with this with the song and you want to blast it that means you're you're in the right direction and if you kind of want to hide under the the desk that means is that what you're talking about yeah yeah, exactly yeah yeah yeah.
0: have you had many of those moments making this record
1: we didn't really have people in the studio to play the song for this time but i think that's one of the skills that like you got to have in order to be a band that keeps making records is you got to know when it's good and know when it's not and there's no way to really define that. There's no scientific formula. It's just, you know, uh-huh. and, uh huh. <laughs> and I feel like we do know, but it's a bit like I don't know an
0: actor playing to an empty auditorium. You don't get that instant human feedback right. and that guidance, that gut, that gut response from people. I suppose that's yeah. what the world is dealing with when we make things remotely these days.
1: Yeah, you're right. And record making is always like that. There isn't that immediate feedback. It's in in my book the most important thing that a band does is those records because it's the document. That's what lasts. And albums mean a lot to me. But yeah, you just don't you don't know (laughs) Mm. unless you know. And this
0: was the first album that you've recorded in Austin, Texas, for quite a while. And that's of course where uh, your career more or less began. What. Was it like coming home, and especially coming home in a pandemic? When I suppose all that creative energy that Austin's now been sort of recognised for for having is probably a little bit diluted because of the pandemic.
1: Well, we're in Texas, where everything's back to normal now. Really? <laughs> but, so hey, for for a bit, you're right. It was shut down. When we started the record, it was normal times, and it was great. We came back to Austin. For you know, I moved back to Austin for the first time to, in a long time. And part of the idea was to to take part of the vibrancy of the city and let that energy sort of guide recording, guide writing. And uh, it worked good for a second. And then and then the city it was a totally different thing.
0: And, uh, of course, yeah, Austin so, in the 1990s would have been a pretty uh, different place to today. Yeah. And what was that scene that you were very much a part of during the first part of your career? And how did it help you to figure out the sort of sound that you wanted and to, to, to sort of make the, the music that you wanted to make?
1: I just had friends. I had a lot of friends that were in bands and we, were all, we all could somehow get gigs in these tiny little clubs because Austin has so many of them. And it was just a great time. I think that that kind of uh, scene where there's more venues than you know what to do with, it helps bands really develop and it, you know, makes scenes happen. And there certainly was a scene, but I don't know if there was like a musical link to what, to every, every band, but there was a, a scene in terms of, you know, we're all on the same, uh, I don't know, we're all the same frame of mind being music obsessed and just kind of doing this for fun. On Radio National, I'm
0: Andy Park, and Britt Daniel from Spoon is my guest in the drawing room. Britt, we're about to hear your new track, Wild. What should we know about this song?
1: Oh, it's a song that's about uh, leading a regimented life and longing for a world that's uh, maybe a little bit crazier, more adventurous, and perhaps seedier in full color, wilder. (laughs) Seedier, I like that. Okay, let's take a listen. This is the new
0: track from Spoon. This is Wild here on The Drawing Room on Radio National
1: I was reminded every measure riding trade winds buried treasure I got on Modern living, but must I be such a season? And the world still so.
0: There you go, that was Wild by Spoon and uh, Britt Daniel is my guest here in the drawing room. Some I hope you don't mind me saying some Richard Ashcroft sort of solo vibes to that song, maybe like the sort of Keys to the World or Alone with Everybody era. It's a fantastic song.
1: Oh, cool. I gotta check those out. You know, I don't know his solo albums, but he's great.
0: You have what a singer yeah i mean what a voice and you know i suppose he's sort of stood the test of time a little bit there you you have your own signature guitar with a fender it's a fender telecaster and uh, what do you look for in an instrument i mean what does it whisper to you in a volume that only you know you can hear
1: (laughs) um well when we were making that one i mean i i wanted uh, we did i spent a lot of time working on the pickups and what those would sound like and how much you could hear the 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 pick scrape against the strings for for me i'm a real rhythmic player and so that was real important to me to the way that that sounded um but you know honestly i just pick up i a lot of guitars that i have i bought on ebay without having ever heard them and i just buy them because they look good and then i kind of hope for the best (laughs)
0: <laughs> so it's uh, sort of like seeing that attractive person in the club, and then finding out yeah. later on that they've got a terribly shrill voice, and you can't stand being around them. It's a bit of a lucky dip. I mean, to, to have a uh, offender uh, made in in your honour must have felt like a, a real, you
1: know, I've made it kind of moment. Oh, it was it was incredible. Yeah, it is it, it is an honour. One of the coolest things that's ever happened to me as a musician. <laughs>
0: I was speaking to British playwright Simon Stevens recently, and we agreed that a really good edict to live your life, certainly your middle age, by, is to do things that would make your 21 year old self proud. And I certainly think it's a sort of better, a nicer way to describe your midlife crisis. (laughs) But but what would 21 year old Brit be impressed with right now?
1: (laughs) Uh, Damn. Um, He'd be impressed that. I ha- I remember at that time really wanting, if I, I remember thinking, if I just had enough money to be able to eat out at a restaurant once a day, just the same amount of money I'm making now, but just with that additional money, <laughs> then I'd be really happy. I'd love to eat out in restaurants. Like real, real that, fancy man. or kind of just like taco
0: stand? Anything. Anything. Right. <laughs> I once knew a guy who uh, was trying to launch a startup and he said, you know, if this goes gangbusters and I make a million dollars, I promise myself to never wear the same pair of socks on two days. He would uh, always yeah. crack open a new pair of socks. That I don't know if that would impress 21-year-old me, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, but that's s- the same theory, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. And um, the 10 records that you've made in lots of different styles over the years, do you feel like that there's noticeable eras within you, your back catalogue when you listen to them or catch them on the radio or on ads or what have you? Can you hear a particular guitar that you were infatuated with or a particular lover that you were hung up over or even a particular <laughs> cereal that you were eating that, at
1: that time in your life? Uh, not the cereal, but, it, but yeah, the hearing any song kind of it sends me immediately back. I can remember the stories about recording the song. I can remember what it was what was going through my head as I was writing it. I heard Paul McCartney say something very similar about his songs, and that's why he wrote that book, that new book of his. It's true. Yeah, I, can, I see all that as I hear a
0: song. Of course, it's not always the experience of the listener. They might have adapted that sound or memory to a totally different, different part of their lives it's like that theory that you know love will tear us apart is either the happiest song you ever heard or the saddest song you've ever heard depending on your frame of reference do, do you often get surprised at the interpretations and the, the kind of emotional connections that people have on, on your music that plainly wasn't intended at the time
1: yeah and i like those surprises um there's in no way is because I didn't picture a song meaning this or that. If someone else feels it that way, then they're right, you know? And the, I think just knowing that allows even the artist a little bit of breathing room, you know, because it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay if, uh, if, if it, everything's okay you know as long as you like the music as long as you're, you're hitting
0: download on Spotify we don't care how you how you feel about it um, you yeah. and Jim Eno have been with the band from the start um, but you've had a number of other band members come and go over the years how much does that change the vibe of the band because it's not just about the music it's obviously about how you gel together and the personalities in, in, in the room and on stage
1: I try to limit that you know I don't like it when they come and go I, I want them to stay One of my best friends rob pope left the band a few years ago and i hated it not only did i hate it because i missed rob as a person but because the people that follow this band they want (laughs) they want to identify the band with these people you know it's it's weird when things change um but you know rob had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and he we had just come off doing the most crazy touring we'd ever done and he was just like guys i can't do it I got to be with my kids. And what can I say? I can't argue with that.
0: Britt, I wanted to ask you to introduce some music that you love. What have you chosen for us tonight?
1: Uh, How about um, Waiting on a Friend by the Rolling Stones? Ooh, good one. Yes. So what does this sort of song mean to you? I just love – and I would – Suggest that you put it on at some point soon, and, and check out the mood that it conjures. It's just it's a world that I want to live in. It's beautiful, but it's cool, but it's dreamy, but somehow, I don't know. Feel, you feel like you're on a street corner somehow. At like the same time, it's it's a street smart song with some heart, and um, it's just you know, it's just beautiful. It, it, you know, Mick Jagger's doing that that do 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 falsetto thing. That he does at the top of the song and after the choruses and he did that a lot in the um late 70s early 80s those falsetto do 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 and it,
0: it always works you know it's a bomb proof formula let's take a listen <laughs> and it's been a pleasure to have you as my guest here in the drawing room tonight Britt. it's a real pleasure to talk to you Brit Daniel was my guest. He's the front man of band Spoon here in the drawing room. And the band's latest single is called Wild. Their new album, Lucifer on the Sofa, is out on February 11th. Okay, let's have a listen to the track he's picked for us. This is The Rolling Stones with Waiting on a Friend. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.